Hello and welcome to the Wild Enrichment Podcast. My name is Kyle Banton-Jones and I'll be your host. The Wild Enrichment Podcast is a show about animal welfare, training, enrichment, and everything in between. Each episode, we will be exploring concepts surrounding behavioral husbandry and the ever-advancing field of animal welfare, from interviews with real animal care professionals to educational episodes about new concepts in animal care. This is the Wild Enrichment Podcast. Enjoy. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Wild Enrichment Podcast. Today, it's just me, and that is more because I have this idea of what's to talk about, and I don't really know uh, who to get on to also talk about this, because it's sort of a, uh, um, not necessarily a rambling on my ideas, but something I've been thinking a lot about. Um, so if there is somebody out there that, you know, can actually... Uh, speak to this and this resonates with, then I I would be happy to have you on. But for now, it's just me. And uh, we are going to be talking about this idea of a product and goal-oriented zoo, but I'm, I'm more talking specifically about animal care teams at a zoo. So, you know, more product and goal-oriented animal care teams. Um, you know, and, and, and why, why are we talking about this? And I, I think based on what I'm seeing in the industry right now and, uh, you know, what I'm, what I'm reading about, what I'm hearing about from, uh, people also in the industry is, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of specific issues that are affecting, you know, animal care staff, uh, seems like everywhere these days, you know, like there's continuing issues, um, like being, uh, potentially underpaid, uh, things like that, you know, not having enough staff, all these things. But, uh, you know, one of the things that I've really noticed with a lot of uh, care teams that I've uh, worked for or worked with uh, throughout the years is, you know, getting sort of lost in the day-to-day just, you know, tasks that need to be done. You know, it, it can be a sort of repetitive job. You know, the same animals need, uh, you know, all of their husbandry every single day uh, and you tend to get lost in just the uh, you know and I don't mean monotony in a bad way but sort of the day-to-day monotony of these tasks and what I find is a lot of teams sometimes forget to look past just the day-to-day and look more into the future and have specific goals for uh, the area for uh, these specific programs that they're working towards, like enrichment programs, behavioral husbandry programs, animal welfare programs, all of these things require, you know, you to look outside of the day-to-day, uh, uh, you know, challenges that that just come with taking care of animals, you know, like, you know, when you come in the morning and you're short-staffed and you're like, how, uh, how are we going to get through the day? And, and that turns into a week of being like that, turns into a month of being like that, uh, and so on and so on. So it is easy to get stuck in, you know, not really necessarily having time or not having the uh, brain capacity to really think about the future. But um, I think it's it's super important to uh, stay on top of, you know, this industry that's changing very, very quickly. And uh, it will ultimately benefit the animals you're working for. So I wanted to, you know, sort of talk a little bit about this this uh, idea and, um, you know, maybe uh, 
have a sort of framework for people to uh, be thinking about and to keep in the back of their mind when they're, uh, you know, going to work and they are getting caught in the day-to-day tasks. Uh, you know, this will maybe uh, give you pause and 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 give you uh, the opportunity to maybe sit down and and to make these uh, goals and to think about you know your output as more of a product and less of just you know a, a worker uh, doing these specific tasks. Uh, and I, I wanted to start with a quote here from. Uh, Robert Hylene, in the absence of clearly defined goals, we become strangely loyal to performing daily trivia until ultimately we become enslaved by it. And I I thought that was a really cool quote because it sort of sums up um, what I was thinking about in regards to, you know, not necessarily having those goals and what happens. And, And what we do in animal care is not daily trivia necessarily, but it's, it's, you know, daily repetitive tasks. Um, and it's very easy to, to get focused on those and not having those clearly defined goals. And you just become, you know, sort of in completely encompassed by those daily tasks, uh, and lose sight of those goals. So I thought that was a good, um, quote to sort of start out with. So, you know, um, I think one of the first things to talk about is is why we are talking about a product, and and to me, you know, I, I'm very interested in in uh, uh, business and and stuff like that, um, and uh, you know, you know, like Wild Richmond is a business. Uh, I've had other businesses in the past, so I've read a lot of uh, business books and 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 articles and all sorts of stuff like that. And I think there's a lot of really good takeaways from the, uh, you know, business, uh, side of talking about, uh, leadership and teams and, 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 you know, what your output is. And I think we, we don't necessarily have that specifically in, in, in animal care a lot of the times. Um, we have it in other departments of the zoo, you know, if you have, uh, you know, like a social media team, a social media team, like their product is the social media that they are putting out. And, you know, the way they would measure the success of that product is things like engagements, uh, followers, likes, uh, comments, uh, you know, how many people are coming to the zoo because of the social media uh, accounts. So, you know, that is a a product that they're putting out. And then there's an easy way to evaluate it. And I think that's that's super useful. There's lots of other, um, you know, departments at the zoo uh, that have that sort of same product um, evaluation, um, you know, framework there that really makes it easy to know uh, when they're doing, you know, a, a good job or when, you know, maybe their teams um, need to need to maybe change in order to make that product better and to keep up with how things are changing. So um, in animal care, I like to think about our product being animal welfare, you know, and our customers being our animals. You know, we are working for the animals. And at the end of the day, the work we do for them is their welfare. You know, the better our, our products, the higher their welfare uh, the happier our customers are. So that's the sort of way I like to approach a lot of these business books, um, and these topics. So, you know, I had, I had a couple quotes from some, uh, 
pretty well-known people in the business world uh, just to sort of now that you're thinking of our customers as our animals and our product as animal welfare um, that I think they're they're uh, they sort of reinforce my point on how to uh, use this framework in your day-to-day life in uh, animal care so in a product-oriented company, every decision should be based on how it impacts the end user, i.e. customer. Uh, and that's from Steve Jobs. And another one, success comes from focusing on the product and delivering the best possible experience to your customers. So our customers being our animals, and that's from Jeff Bezos. Um, being product-oriented means constantly iterating and improving to meet customer needs and exceed their expectations. Um, and that's from Sundar Pachai, who is the uh, CEO of Google. And uh, then we have, when you're product-oriented, you're obsessed with solving customer problems and creating value for them. And that's from Mark Zuckerberg. And in that, you know, value, again, would be relating back to our product. So creating a better life for our customers, which are our animals. So um, this... Uh, it's 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 a hard thing to maybe initially wrap your mind around, but uh, I think it's a very useful sort of thought exercise to um, be thinking about initially. So there's there's a couple things uh, you know when you're thinking about um, this this product, this customer um, sort of framework here, um, and and one of the first things is to sort of conduct a comprehensive assessment, you know, of the current state of the the facility. And and in this case, you know, maybe the area that you work in. So, you know, looking at the team, looking at, uh, you know, benchmarking against industry standards, you know, uh, and not necessarily just industry standards, but also um, beyond industry standards. So what's, what's the next standard coming down the pipe, you know, keeping all those in mind while you're sort of looking critically on, on the area that you work in. And you want to be looking at it as in, does this benefit our product, i.e. animal welfare and our customers, i.e. you know, the animals that we're working with. And if this specific process or, uh, you know, building exhibits, uh, you know, the way your routines are organized, the way your team's organized, your, your schedules, like all those things, like, does it benefit these things? And if not, uh, you know, why? And that's, that's the sort of framework that I think is super, uh, useful because at at least in my experience, you know, there's a lot of uh, talk these days, uh, uh, which is an awesome, thing to be talking about, about, you know, the welfare and well-being of not just our animals, but also the people that take care of them, you know, the keepers. And in my experience, a lot of the time when people work for organizations that have animal welfare, you know, at the sort of forefront of their decision making, um, it usually results in, in high welfare for, you know, the people working for those organizations. Uh, you know, because it's, it's a sort of, if, if you aren't doing well as a keeper, uh, uh, maybe mentally, if you're, if you're burned out or something like that, uh, it's very hard to, you know, be effective while taking care of, of your animals. So, um, super, super important to, to keep in mind, uh, here. And, and I think 
that is why specifically I'm going to be focusing on animal welfare as the product uh, and not necessarily keeper welfare because I think they go they go hand in hand and it's sort of this this feedback loop that will happen. So, um, you know, uh, using care manuals and standards from places like AZA um, and all, all sorts of other, uh, you know, specific governing bodies are all super important to figure out um, where, you know, maybe we are letting those, those products, um, fall short where there, uh, there's room for improvement and becoming oriented as an area, uh, just kind of blank slate. How can we, as opposed to building, cause a lot of these areas and, and routines and, and all those, uh, strings or whatever you want to call them get built based on, you know, maybe staffing levels, maybe this is a routine that was established 15 years ago, not really much has changed. Uh, who knows what they were sort of creating um, at the time, maybe like the routine was just uh, put together, uh, the team was put together based on, you know, what made most sense at the time uh, with staffing levels and, and budgets and, and the future of the zoo. But make starting with a blank slate and thinking about how to build these things to maximize animal welfare, uh, you know, with these routines, with the, the team, with the, uh, schedules, with everything like that, how can we build it to maximize our product, um, is a super important thought exercise, uh, to go through because that might not be how, um, this, uh, was initially organized. So thinking about it like that, and, you know, as a side note, I feel like I'm probably going to be writing an article about this um, because there's a lot of information here uh, that might be better articulated on paper, but I felt like uh, it was easier just to get it in podcast form, get it out there um, for people to start thinking about. So there will be an article to come. So, uh, you know, once you're looking at the area critically, I think it's a good idea to make... Um, you know, some goals for the area. And, and, and we'll, we'll go through an example here. Um, so, you know, using SMART goals, because those are uh, typically uh, what a lot of companies are doing. Uh, it's still somewhat uh, popular. Um, maybe people are rolling their eyes because they have to do SMART goals at, at work already. Um, but I'll take you through a SMART goal sort of process where we're keeping this product, this animal welfare product uh, at the forefront of our, our minds. Um, so, you know, uh, let's say we have a routine that has, um, you know, ammer tigers, uh, we have some kangaroos and then, uh, you know, maybe a bird aviary. That's the sort of routine uh, or string or uh, whatever you want to call it. So, uh, this tiger is pacing and currently getting one feed a day. You know, there's a training session usually happening about three to four times a week. So let's go through a smart goal with animal welfare specifically in mind. Um, so, you know, and, and just for sake of, uh, the example, you know, a solution to this problem without maybe, being completely product oriented would be to, you know, maybe switch up the environment or, you know, add another two training sessions a week, 
um, maybe switch up how we're feeding the, the animal, you know, increase its enrichment, uh, something like that. And, and that's sort of the, the options, um, you know, because, you know, maybe this routine is done by a, there's a sort of primary keeper, um, they've been there a long time and this is what they do. And, and this, uh, tiger kangaroo bird aviary routine was established, uh, 15 years ago. And that's just the way, it, the way it goes. Uh, the aviary takes quite a while. The kangaroo routine isn't, isn't too hard. Uh, but you know, as a result, the tiger isn't getting, you know, maybe all of the care it needs to keep sort of, you know, animal welfare as the primary product here. So, you know, let's, let's go through a, a sort of smart goal. Uh, so specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, time bound. That's a smart goal. Uh, so specific, uh, we want to, uh, lessen or stop the tiger from pacing and, uh, give it an overall better activity budget. So measurable, how are we going to measure this? So we, we set up cameras, um, and have somebody looking over the, the footage, uh, every day to get an idea of the amount of pacing and the general activity budget, uh, for, for the, uh, tiger. Um, and we're gonna, you know, have a sort of spreadsheet and maybe a basic ethogram to, to get this activity budget attainable. So is this going to work with the current team and the current rotations? So maybe we need to switch up something that's been happening for, for 15 years. Maybe, um, the, the senior keeper that, that does this is more interested in the bird aviary and we want to move the bird aviary to a different routine, um, and keep the tiger and kangaroo together so we can focus more on the tiger. And this results in, you know, maybe a different routine taking on more work, but this is a priority for the, for the area, uh, the product of the area. This is an animal that its welfare is potentially uh, in not in an acceptable range. Um, so we are going to uh, make that sort of shift that's going to result in more work for somebody else, but the welfare of the tiger will hopefully benefit from it. So that is, um, you know, is this attainable? Yes, it's definitely a good goal. Uh, we're going to be uh, you know, we're assuming as far as the relevant goes, better time budget should equal, you know, better welfare for that animal. Um, and time bounds, this is, can be like a three month trial. So, uh, that's an example of, you know, going through this with, you know, animal welfare specifically, uh, in mind as our sole focus of a product, because, you know, maybe, uh, without that as the focus, maybe we're worried, you know, the, the, you know, maybe some of the more senior keepers in the area, uh, might be offended because we're, we're switching up a routine that's been the same for 15 years or, uh, the person that, that does another routine that's going to be taking on the bird aviary, um, doesn't, isn't really that interested in birds. Um, you know, these kind of things that would traditionally, at least in the experience that from what I've heard, uh, happens to a lot of other people. Uh, you know, these are the kind of barriers that would initially be a problem if you're not fully focused on animal welfare as your product. So these are things that, that can be changed. 
And, you know, that can have a massive impact on the welfare of an animal that might not be uh, feasible unless that's your specific uh, framework for thinking through these problems. So, you know, same as uh, anything else that I've, that I've talked about as far as making goals and, and prioritizing goals, you're going to be prioritizing goals based on their impact and feasibility. You know, so same as prioritizing enrichment for animals, uh, you know, if you have, you know, 100 animals in your in your area, uh, maybe you're going to be prioritizing some of the primates, some of the carnivores, you know, is there animals that have stereotypical behaviors, maybe you're going to be prioritizing them. It goes, it's the same when you're looking at making goals for an entire area, what goals are going to have the biggest impact and are going to be the easiest sort of low hanging fruit initially uh, to get you going. Uh, with creating goals. So, uh, you know, all of them are going to have, you know, feasibility and challenges with implementing them. Picking ones that are actually doable, uh, you know, is, is super important. So, you know, is there like a, if there's a poor holding space or something like that, that this animal is living in 24 seven, maybe that's a good animal to, f- to focus on. Or, you know, if there's a stereotypical behavior, maybe that's a good animal to focus on and create goals um, and how, uh, you're going to be organizing your teams and 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 your your sort of thought processes around these uh, routines uh, to benefit the product uh, for that animal. Um, you know, and there's there's always uh, potential risks and challenges that may hinder uh, your achievement uh, toward this goal. So, one of the main things that you're going to have to do for as as an area is really define what are your desired outcomes and objectives. So uh, if you are using this, this animal welfare product model, what you really are going to want to do is, is figure out ways that you're going to be measuring it and, and, and continue to measure it long term and the short term as well, because, uh, you know, we want um, the M of the SMART goal. We want these things to be measurable. We want to know if we are, uh, you know, actually impacting animal welfare. And if we are, uh, you know, keep progressing toward that, uh, if we aren't, we maybe have to go back to the drawing board and, uh, be, you know, keeping animal welfare in mind, uh, going forward. So, uh, you know, defining what success looks like short-term, long-term, I've talked about this, uh, before. So, um, you know, we're also creating a timeline for goal achievements and, you know, re-looking at these goals as we go with our assessments that we just talked about, um, you know, and, and assigning responsibility and accountability for each goal. And I, I really think that accountability and responsibility are, are super important and don't have to be these negative things that, uh, people maybe have, um, floating around when they're thinking about accountability and responsibility. Um, you know, I, I, I understand like it's, uh, people, especially in this industry are typically conflict adverse. It's fine. I'm, I'm the same way, but, um, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing to hold each other accountable and have specific responsibilities, uh, for some of these goals. You know, if you're the primary keeper and we're looking for that tiger and we're looking to improve its welfare, um, then you, need to take on a responsibility, uh, that responsibility and sort of be a leader when it comes to that goal and sort of following it through, uh, you know, doing those sort of assessments and, and taking ownership, um, regardless of where you are in the chain of command, 
leading up the chain of command uh, to, to, to get these goals. Because again, the primary product, primary focus is that product, which is animal welfare. Um, and uh, it's, it's uh, holding each other accountable and having these responsibilities can be a good thing because we can have a, uh, you know, if, if I'm primary re- primarily responsible for that specific goal and maybe I'm not meeting it, I can meet with people like uh, my supervisor or uh, manager, director, whoever it is, and say, uh, listen, these are the steps we've taken toward this goal. Uh, this is our main focus. It's not working. Here's what I need to succeed. Um, and that is what that sort of accountability and responsibility, uh, that's how it can be used positively. You know, we have this specific goal. Uh, we can come to the come to the table and say, this is ha- what we're doing to reach the goal. Uh, is it working? Yes or no. And, and, and go from there and have that conversation of uh, what we need, what we want uh, in order to get this done. And then going back to the drawing board with stuff like that. So um, you're also going to have, you know, larger goals for the, for the area, you know, uh, that tiger example was a, uh, maybe on the smaller side, it's not necessarily a small goal because there's still a lot of steps, but um, you know, animal welfare for the entire area is going to be broken into smaller goals like that tiger example, uh, with, you know, sort of those actionable tasks to, um, you know, all come together into a big positive change for, uh, that animal, you know, so there's, there's, uh, things you can do to sort of break it down. The small, every small action you take is going to, uh, with this product in mind is going to really be benefiting, animal welfare and it's going to add up and it's going to, um, become, you know, a, a much, much larger goal with a much, much larger impact. So I think as, as well, part of this framework, there are goals with this framework, uh, for your team, you know, um, conducting periodic reviews to evaluate goal progress and adjust strategies if needed. Um, that's just something that we want to build into the team. You know, encouraging creativity and innovation in finding solutions to achieve product success. These are, you know, think we want to encourage people to to have these ideas to challenge what the day to day is and what it can be. You know, and, and encouraging teamwork and collaboration to achieve shared goals. Uh, you know, there's going to be, uh, you know, maybe there's a different species of tiger on site or, you know, uh, lions on site or something like that. Working with those teams, uh, maybe they have a similar, similar goal with their, their lion or their tigers or, uh, you know, maybe they tried something that worked and, and, and working together, encouraging collaboration throughout the facility with these goals, you know, breaking down those barriers that, that really don't exist, but might have kept people from, uh, collaborating and talking with each other, uh, without, you know, uh, animal welfare being that product that we are solely sort of focused on, uh, you know, and, and I already talked about this, but, uh, you know, implementing a tracking system to monitor progress toward goals, uh, super important and something that, you know, you need to maintain as a team. And, and ultimately this is what, you know, it's going to fully, uh, full circle sort of come to is, you know, fostering a culture of goal oriented thinking amongst staff members. So, uh, you know, thinking predominantly about, uh, that goal, animal welfare, um, the animals that we're, we're working with our customers, uh, you know, how can we sort of, 
um, you know, work with them to, to create this fantastic product that's going to benefit their lives and ultimately ours. So we're really trying to create a culture within a team. Everybody's worked with teams like that. You know, everybody's worked with teams that are maybe, uh, don't have this in mind that are, um, you know, maybe fallen off the path a little bit. Uh, it can be very, very frustrating. And, uh, when they're sort of stuck in the mud, there's, there's no change, uh, in this incredibly dynamic industry. Uh, we don't have room for static teams that don't want to change. So what we're ultimately trying to do is yeah, create that, uh, that, you know, culture of goal oriented thinking of creativity, of flexibility, resiliency, all those things are going to come from this sort of thought process. Um, you know, and, and sitting down and sort of communicating progress uh, updates and, and celebrating milestones as a team. Uh, you know, super, super important things to thinking about. Um, and and I, I mentioned resiliency there because, uh, you know, developing these sort of contingency plans to address unforeseen obstacles uh, toward your goal are, are also something that you, that you want to do. You know, when, when uh, this is your, your sole focus and this is your product, um, you know, a lot of this uh, resiliency comes from problem solving to benefit that product as opposed to, uh, you know, maybe having this, this sort of roadblock, um, this, uh, you know, especially when you're working with animals, it happens all the time where, uh, you know, something goes wrong or, or, you know, uh, there's construction happening now. There's, uh, there's this, um, you know, medical emergency that messes up your training. And then there's, there's all these things, but when you have, this sort of product in mind and this, uh, sort of thinking and the, and these, this culture of, uh, you know, being goal oriented and, and, and being creative, uh, these roadblocks become something that you, that you're very good at, uh, getting through and you can get through as a team. Um, and that's, uh, that's a really great feeling and, and build, building that resiliency we've talked about in previous episodes, uh, in your animals are going to ensure their welfare for these unforeseen things. So, um, you know, keeping that in mind, uh, and, and having that as something that you really want to, uh, develop, uh, in your team and, and developing that, uh, resiliency, super, super important, you know, having that adaptability, flexibility, uh, in your goal setting, being able to, you know, go back to the drawing board, uh, sit down as a team, come up with a new plan, uh, that day, uh, and implement it the next day. Uh, something super, super important, you know, uh, and, and this all comes from, uh, also promoting a positive and supportive work environment. We don't want, we want everyone's opinions to matter and we want everybody to, uh, feel supported and we want everybody to, uh, you know, have the sort of agency to, uh, you know, be improving their product. So, um, that's, that's super important. And, and a lot of that is going to come from the team. Some of it is going to be coming from the actual facility by, you know, investing in things like professional development, um, training, uh, all those things. Uh, and, and, you know, this, I'm sort of talking a lot about the team level, but at the institution level, a lot of these concepts are very important too. You know, the institution needs to, um, really reinforce that creativity, that resiliency, that flexibility, that open-mindedness, uh, all these things, um, need to be, uh, very sort of core to as the whole department uh, as a whole, how it operates. 
Um, that's super important if, uh, you know, you're just an island of positivity and the rest of the place is uh, burning down around you. It's, it's uh, much harder to keep these things in mind and to have these uh, processes. So um, super important. And, and, you know, this kind of thing is contagious. When you start doing these kind of things, uh, you're posting uh, your, your accomplishments and your, and your achieved goals um, you know, in, you know, different social media forums and, and conferences and all these things. And, and that is going to result in building partnerships and collaborations with other animal care facilities. And, and, uh, that, you know, results in shared learning and in this incredibly diverse, uh, environment. So, um, you know, we are, this, this is sort of a process of continuously refining and adapting goals, um, based on all of these things above and all of these things, uh, will really go hand in hand and, uh, impact the product that you were trying to put out a lot. So that was a little bit of a, you know, half hour ramble from me, but this is something I've been thinking a lot about, um, having this, uh, product and goal oriented animal care staff, um, and, and these, these teams uh, can be super impactful. I, I've seen it work uh, wonders, and, and it's just something that I've been thinking a lot about. So um, there will be an article coming about this, uh, hopefully sometime soon. Um, but this is just my sort of preliminary thoughts. So if you're interested, uh, keep a lookout for an article on this. Uh, start thinking um, about some of these concepts. And I hope this framework, uh, will prove beneficial to you for everybody listening until next time. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed that episode of the wild enrichment podcast. If you want to follow us on social media, you can find us at wild enrichment on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. If you want to learn more about wild enrichment and see some of our great resources, check out www.wildenrichment.com. Also, if you wish to support Wild Enrichment, check out our Patreon. Again, thank you so much for listening. Until next time. Wild Enrichment is independently owned and claims no affiliation to any zoo, aquarium, or other animal care institutions. All of the information and opinions communicated through this podcast, wildenrichment.com, and affiliated social media accounts are based on my own opinions and experiences and are not in any way reflective of the opinions of my employers past or present. Thank you.